0: to Seen by the Spell. I love how the crow just crowed perfectly <laughs> as I said that. Uh, very uh, happy to be here with you all today. I you know, go through these spurts of recording and not recording for a long time and then I'll have on a couple of people and it's really exciting. Today, I'm very um, pleased to have Brianna Faros here who is a delightful person that I have met a few years ago, I believe now it's, it's, uh, I'm going to get into that, but they are a breathwork facilitator an embodiment, um, facilitator, but I'm going to not butcher this and I'm going to ask Brianna to share. Um, hi, (laughs) Hi.
1: (laughs) I'm doing so great. It was such a beautiful day here in uh, sunny Colorado.
0: Yay. And that's, you know, that's where I first met you was in Colorado.
1: It was, yeah. You were in town doing readings at Ritual Craft at their um, the previous location when it was just the smaller little storefront.
0: Yes, yes, and yeah, we first met there, and then we were also in 2019 at the when they moved to the bigger location at the Witchy Women in Business panel. Aren't we panel together? Yeah, that was really cool. Um, And then, and since then, you know, we've spent time in class together and just, you know, we have a bunch of mutuals and I, yeah, I'm, I'm really, um, just so grateful for the community and people I've connected to out in Denver, you know, feels really special, such a special, like a hub home away from home. Mm, yes. It has always, I mean, I'm from here and I've like left
1: a bunch of times either traveling or, Uh, Lived in Oregon for two years, and no matter what I do, I I seem to be unable to fully get away from this place. It's just so magical.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Holds you back.
1: Yes. (laughs)
0: Wonderful. So when I um initially met you, you were that was when you were beginning, right? The your breath work, um, training, and and you were you were doing hair, right? Are you still doing hair?
1: Um. So I. Yes. I was a hairdresser full-time. I owned salons. Um, I was like traveling all over for fashion weeks and different hair shows and photo shoots and just burnt myself out real good. And that's how I found breath work and how I eventually became to be a facilitator. Um, long way to answer that question. But so I, I do still do hair, but it is in a very different way. I mm-hmm. do more like transformative and like initiatory work within the context of a haircut. So like um, just infusing it with more ritual and intention than just the, you know, average, like come to the salon, get your haircut. Cool. Yeah. You feel great afterwards. There's just a little bit more, um, you know, what are we really doing here? What are we cutting out of the hair? What are we brushing into the hair?
0: Yes. I mean, it's so ritualistic and our hair holds so much um, energy. And I, I come from a line of long line of hair stylist facility, you know, hairdressers. And, um, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't. Yeah. I I feel like I tell every hairstylist because I just like, I grew up in hair salons. Um, yeah, it's kind of a funny random thing. So I'm the first one out of my generation to not get their license. So my grandmother was, um, everyone, including my mom even had their license, but my grandmother was a hairdressing teacher and my family on my mom's side, they owned, uh, three salons and two schools at one point. And then they sold them to like Marinello is on the East coast. And, um, I grew up in the hair salon essentially because my grandmother would also drag me to, uh, the night school that she would teach. She would teach night school classes and I would play with the heads and the girls would like to my hair, but like, even <laughs> my cousins, like everyone had some kind of job, whether they did nails or electrolysis like, or hair. Um, and like I said, even my mom uh, had her hair, like having like her hair license barbering, but like never did anything with it. Um, and then I was the first one that was like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> even though it always butts with my hair and I've been like, playing or doing something with it since I was little. I mean, because they would, like I said, she'd bring me in. I remember I got my first perm at like eight. Um, (laughs) but yeah. And I would play in the salon, uh, when it, cause my grandmother lived above one of them. There was like two apartments in the building that my uncle owned the building. This is very Rhode Island is like a hair salon with the apartments above my mother, my grandmother, my uncle, and then we had the funeral home next door. So there was like purses outside my bedroom window and (laughs) I love because I would live I spent half time with my grandmother and then I you know and half with my mom but um and I would play with my cousin in like the downstairs when it was closed on Sunday the big dryers and everything
1: yes oh such a good place to play in the rolly chairs and
0: yeah yeah and just like being the like popular one for having the gallons of hairspray to like refill people's spray bottles (laughs) such a dork um Anyway, yeah, those are definitely some formative years and I always like feel like hair hairstylists are always like my, it's funny to me, it's like the, it's the guardian angels like in my life or like kind of like, it's always like connected through those moments because those are the positive memories that I have growing up. Mm. So yeah, anyway, (laughs) off on a tangent, she goes, sorry. No, I
1: love it. Thank you. I'm so, yeah, I'm always grateful to be able to learn more about you.
0: <laughs> so I love, um, you know, that you're facilitating breath work and how have you found, you know, for people who are not familiar or maybe loosely familiar with breath work, what, what do you think some of the benefits of breath work and like how how is it foundational or um beneficial long term?
1: Yeah. Um so I would say breathwork is really, really helpful in our particularly our Western society, because a lot of us are emotionally constipated as a whole. Um, we haven't had the best examples. Um, majority of us of people who know how to healthily handle and express their emotions. And we are very emotive beings just by our, our nature. Our emotions kind of run the ship. And so breath work is an experience that allows you to be able to really feel and let go and kind of offload any emotional residue or, yeah, any lingering feelings connected to stuff that you might not even know the context for. Um, it's a very like ancient, ancient practice that has been our our breath. We've played with it as humans for thousands of years to get us into different states of consciousness. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I find the biggest benefit if there was even just one to like really focus on is that you can just relieve yourself of so much emotional stress.
0: I love that. I, yeah, I have only done breath work a couple of times, if I'm being honest, because I found that it was so cathartic and I am, and, and it was, I mean, it was wonderful, but it was, it was, um, so intense for me because it, it made me come to, I always go really strange places when I do any kind of like body work. I mean, even getting a massage is a little like nutty for me. Um, <laughs> but I remember there was like a couple of times where I've done breath work and I mean I was having ancestral memories like from my body coming up. Yep. Um, and that it was so powerful um because it was also so revealing you know, mm-hmm. like things that I was like, why do I do this? And I could see the track, like the the timeline of like where it came through on a cellular level, which I'm not trying to, like, I don't think that happens for everybody, but I think on, to know that it can go that, like the depth of that, like is pretty potent and powerful and helped me like, feel like I could finally like take some things out of my chest that were just sitting there for probably generations. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're reminding me of um, like the, what I know about your background, that makes a lot of sense. Um, My mom is adopted and I, the most powerful breathwork journey that I've ever had was when I got to connect with her biological parents and they had both, um, I think her biological father had not quite passed over, but he was close and her biological mother had passed on. I didn't know it at the time, but I connected with them and I was able to clear a lot of resentment that I didn't realize I was holding against them. Um, resentment of like, you know, they gave her up, like they didn't want to be a part of our lives. Like, you know, what's wrong with us? Why didn't you want us? That kind of stuff. Like, all came through and I had no idea, like nothing in my conscious awareness that I had been holding this for my entire life. I just knew that um her her birth father came into our lives when I was eight and I always was just like, eh don't yeah. like the guy. Don't need him around. <laughs> like I yeah. never really knew why. So yeah, it, it is incredible how it can connect you into these places. Um because our bodies are, yeah, our byproducts of our ancestors
0: yeah we hold their memories I mean not just the physical uh you know traits it's the memories the the mannerisms the empowerment I mean that was one of the things that made my biological father was I was immediately blown away after not being raised by this person or even knowing them that in you know the span of 40 something years, like I could meet a stranger and we had similar mannerisms or it was really trippy. Cause it was like, yeah. Oh, not only do I look like have your face, like we are weirdly mirroring each other and we've never been around each other. Suddenly it just made sense. <laughs> what a trip. Um, So I'm super excited to hear that. This is so cool. I love that you are hosting your first retreat and I am hosting my first retreat. Um, Yay! yay. Um, I am so excited that we both, I don't know, like it's kind of like nice to be like, oh my gosh, it's your first time, me too. (laughs) Um, But you have a retreat coming up this uh, fall, correct? Yes, yeah. Can Can you share what that's about? Because I think it's pretty pretty spectacular that you're holding space in this way.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, and I think responsibly I should just little disclaimer, since we just talked about some of the experiences that we've had during breath work for those listening, like that doesn't necessarily happen every single time. It might not happen for you at all. Um, every journey is totally unique and, um, sometimes nothing happens sometimes mm-hmm. you can connect to oneness and everything that is and other times you're just very in the body so just to like i just wanted to frame that really quick yeah no like
0: like hey everybody you're not going to trip out like, yeah, totally. like no i have heard of people saying though it's been very helpful for them to get acclimated to being in their body just in general because so many of us are so checked out of our body or we're all up in our head and you know we're kind of in these like digital worlds all the time. So I have heard of people saying like, it was just a phenomenal way to be in the present and connected to the vessel that they're in.
1: Yes, exactly. Very, very well said. Yeah. So yeah, about the retreat, um, facilitating at a very dear friend of mine's um, land that she stewards in Hawaii um, on the big island in, um, I believe it's pronounced Oh, I'm gonna mess it up. Kau, Kau, Kau. Hawaii, it's not Hawaii. It's um, it's K A apostrophe U. Okay. Um, and it's the southernmost part of Hawaii, mm. and um, it's like off-grid accommodations, very rustic, and like in the earth, very, very connected to nature. The space itself is called Earth Song, and it is a Earth Ashram. Um, and we will be facilitating breathwork and yoga and um, all sorts of different like embodiment practices to help people really, you know, come into themselves. In the last three years, like we've all just had a very vari- variation of experience, but a lot of us are starting to come out of it like, wait, what the hell happening? happened? Yeah. <laughs> and so this experience is really curated to help people kind of figure out like okay life is extremely unpredictable there's so much uncertainty in the world how do i continue and move forward and make a plan for how i want to live my life and be open to flexibility or be flexible to things changing um so yeah it's a a rite of passage that i am curating through um the use of different modalities um there will and be a how- lot of-
0: Breathing. How many days is it?
1: Um, seven days, or I'm sorry, six days, seven nights. Okay.
0: Yeah. So it's a, it's a it's a commitment in the sense that like you're going in like fully, you know, it's not like a two day thing where you just kind of dip in and out. It's like a fully immersive experience for seven nights, six days, seven nights, and using these different um, modalities to bring you back, you know, essentially into what I'm hearing is like to bring you back into yourself, but in a way that fits with the changes of this world and help you feel anchored. And I do think a lot of us, um, yeah, nobody, like there was no rite of passage coming through the last three years. It was a lot of like, it's make it up as you go. And, um, sadly, you know, especially in the last like year and this year, specifically too, I've just seen so many people, Um, transition and um you know one of my my second friend uh in LA or I would say he was my third friend he was in my second friend's boyfriend um my old music uh buddy collaborator and friend and a couple other people um because this transition has been so challenging and um so these kinds of places and spaces that people can come together and feel held and uh, supported, I feel like are so important right now. Um, and especially over the next like couple of years, because it's, you know, it's not back to business as usual, even though <laughs> like, whether you believe it's like the government or society or whatever, it's just like, just gloss over and get back to being, you know, into your life. I, it's like, been a rough transition. I mean, even I've been pretty open about it, but I even started a antidepressant for the first time in my life, um, just two and a half weeks ago, because it's been very, um, you know, it's been a rough, uh, new beginning, you know? And so I, I think these kinds of offerings are really important. So it's pretty amazing that you're you were able to work this out with um so the person the the space in terms of the land it's your friend yeah
1: yeah space it is okay great. So a d- dear friend of mine who used to live in colorado and then um yeah she was in panama during the pandemic couldn't get back into the us right away it was kind of like landlocked and was unsure of what to do with her businesses here and, um, ended up finding this beautiful space in Hawaii that has been a women, uh, owned retreat center for the past 70 years. Um, wow. so wait, did you say 70? I th- actually, I think it's 30. Now that I say that I'm like, wait, oh, that's wrong. Okay.
0: <laughs> Still a long time. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I like doubled it in my mind. It's like probably 35, but okay. yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs>
0: maybe from the seventies or yes, I think that's, yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's so cool. Um, yeah, I feel like, and what, what prompted you to want to host a retreat?
1: Um, so I did a private retreat for a group of women who came from Austin when I was living in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just really really, I just loved holding that space for them. And it was such a transformative experience for all of us. Um, and the feedback that I got from them was, was just really beautiful. And, um, I just felt very much like this is my work, like holding group space is, um, just where I belong. I used to have a background in, um, like leading fashion week teams for New York fashion week and, um, uh, like was a, um, what was my old position? (laughs) I can't remember now, but I was like a coordinator for a, uh, artistic team in the beauty industry. And so my background is in leadership and, um, and coordination and event curation. Um, so with creating more of a deeper and more spiritual and more like intentional space, I just Mm -hmm. feel, so alive um so that's really yeah that's what brought me to do it and then my friend being like please come yeah (laughs) I mean something here like with with it being my first one it feels like very um very safe to have it being held at a friend's space. and um I just know that all the participants are going to be able to like feel at home just because we both feel at home with each other and
0: sure yeah how how many um What is your ideal amount? Like how many people do you want to host?
1: The space can hold, I believe, up to 14, but 11 is kind of my magic number um, that I'm feeling.
0: Yeah. Wow. Where, um, I mean, I'm going to definitely leave like all the info in the show notes for the, the retreat that you're offering, if think, like, um, cause you, I'm sure you have like a website with all the, what's included in all of that. Right. Is there totally. is there anything, if anyone is curious, um, you know, about the retreat, like what to anticipate or who it might and who it might be for, like, if there was a specific person that you thought like this might, this is for you, who would that be?
1: Yeah. Would, yeah. Totally. Um, so yeah, the, the person that this is for is, Someone who doesn't typically take the time for themselves, who maybe feels like they're just in this alone. It's like for the lone wolves and the um, the people that are like, oh, like that feels, I don't know that I could do that for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's an opportunity to kind of step away from the distractions of everyday life, you know, get away from your computer, get away from your phone, away from your kids, like with love, away from your partner again, with love, but just to take some like take a week to just be you. And just to see who shows up. That's what like I've, it's my first retreat that I'm hosting that's public, but I've been to a lot I've attended a lot of retreats. And I'm always just so fascinated. It's like an opportunity to self study, like who shows up? Yeah, right. Who am I on retreat? Like, who do I you get to kind of just like, yeah, like witness like who is going to be there?
0: Yeah, you're like, which aspect of my personality is going to show up? Is it going to be the shadow part of me that's totally triggered? Or am I going to be here present-minded? Or am I going to go through the gamut of emotions? You know, because there's always that window too, even on shorter retreats that I've been on, having like all of the feelings come up when it's just about you taking up space. It's very, very interesting to see how... Yeah,
1: it is. A, it's a journey, right? Like with the beginning, middle and end for sure.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty phenomenal and that you're see you saw this, you know, to vision and to be able to bring it forward and, um, you know, to be hosting your first one and I have wanted to host a retreat for years and I've always like, I've talked to a few different people at different points in my life about co-hosting something and they've never like worked out. Like they never like took off, you know, like there were kind of ideas, but like, um, and I co-taught with my friend Brent, like years ago in West Hollywood, like out of his home, we did like a series and that was super special and super fun. And I've always wanted to do like, like I said, something further out. Um, but you know, the other thing is like time. <laughs> it's a lot of time to organize and, you know, coming up with like time to organize and create a curriculum, but then also like doing, seeing my private clients and all that stuff. So it just, yeah, hadn't had the the time. And then this year, um, I was approached by a travel company called Trova Trip. And if you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen I posted a couple of surveys, and I I launched my first retreat um, last uh, week. Actually, I opened the doors for that. Um, they're essentially a travel agency that works with uh, content creators, and they asked if I wanted to try and host something. And of course, they have all these beautiful locations and places that are outside of the country. But in the same fashion, I wanted to be really comfortable um, with what I was offering. And I thought Santa Fe is a special place in my heart. I actually lived there in 2012, which I don't know if some people don't know that. Um, it was, it was a brief thing. I I had to do a bunch of things back in California. So I came back, but, um, in Santa Fe had promptly kicked me out. (laughs) but it also taught me a lot about reverence and I I have uh, some near and dear people there. So I go back and visit often. So I'm going to be hosting my first retreat in March. I thought what a great way to kick off the spring, March 21st through the 25th um, in Santa Fe. It's called Calling Back the Bones Retreat and we'll have a day in Taos as well. And it's going to be a combination of we're going to be going to sacred sites, uh, art museums, galleries, and also doing some personal work with me. And, um, yeah, and that, I, you know, is also, I have that all linked, um, in the show notes as well, but it is exciting. It's also a little bit terrifying, right? Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I'm exhilarated, but I'm also like, "Ah, can I do, um, I don't know about you, but for mine, they, because I'm working with the company, they, they said that, you know, for the trip to be a go, I have to book 10 people minimum. So that is, you know, it's like, okay, all your nerves start coming up. Like, do they want to (laughs) go? Do they like me? (laughs) Yeah. So we'll see what happens. It feels really exciting. And, um, especially after, you know, I've done a couple of like weekend workshops or I've done things online. I know you were, you know, you came to my healing, the liminal um, weekend workshop. Thank you in Denver. And I, um, you know, I, I did that offering online as well as like a, but I did it as like a four week study and I just want to do more you know, of holding space in that capacity, because it feels like that's a big part of the work. Yes. The one-on-ones are great. Right. As I'm sure for you too, with like, you know, seeing your clients like one-on-one is great, but there's something really special about being able to hold a group space and Mm -hmm. have people witness each other, you know?
1: Yes. Yeah. You named it. Firstly, like your retreat sounds amazing and it's not far from me at all. I told you already, I'm like, I'm really considering it. I want yeah. to be, I want to <laughs> go. Um, and yeah, I think there's something so magical about being in a group setting because as people are sharing what they're experiencing in their own internal life and in their inner workings, other people are hearing it and they're like, wow, I thought that was just me. Like... Okay. Or they just said that in a way that I could have never articulated, but I feel the exact same way. And it just, I mean, I'm sure as you know, as a space holder, like the ways in which we are all similar greatly outweigh the ways in which we are different.
0: Totally. And I think that's the other thing to remember. Like, I know some people are, ooh, group activity. I don't know. I feel the same way. I have a really hard time with groups because you don't know what you're going to get. But I think that there's something to really be said about um. I don't know. I feel really, it's kind of cool. Like when I notice, like a lot of when I hold group space, like everyone is a little more alike than they realize. Like, you know, like it's also, it's almost like the introverts get to be in a space where they are held and they're not forced to be extroverts, but they're also, it's okay for them to expand on their comfort zone and challenge themselves with other people who kind of revere and respect the space just as much as they do you know and um so i do appreciate that i think that it, it also is like a testament to you know the growth that so many people have had in the last several years you know the rapid um growth and advancement and understanding of wanting to go on these healing journeys um obviously for self betterment but also healing their communities their lineages um it's it's just like a bigger thing than it's like understanding the importance of taking care of the self for the greater good. Yes,
1: exactly. That is why I named my retreat the ripple effect because it this work like it ripples out in ways that we can see and also might never see the impact of. Like mm-hmm. I'm sh- I, I don't know about you actually as a like we both have pretty large followings on social media. And I think um, there's, for me, I there will be times where I'm like, this is all pointless and it's helping no one. And uh, I should just go into the woods and throw my phone in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there will be someone who reaches out randomly that I've never spoken to before. And it's like, thank you so much for everything that you do and post, because I can't tell you how much it helps me And it's just like, oh yeah, hey, little ego check. Like (laughs) (laughs) what I do is important. There is a ripple effect to my existence in this world. And I think, um, you know, that that's such a human uh, condition or it's part of the human condition to think that like our existence is insignificant. But then when we see the ripple effect in play and how we show up into our communities, into our families, into our workspaces, it's like, oh wait, yeah, no, just a little reminder.
0: I think it's also normal to feel that doubt come up, you know, at times. And I, I feel that way, like every other month, you know, of like, I, I mean, I have a running joke. I have a list of like jobs that I am always like okay, what am I going to do next week? You know, like I'm going to you know, have all these like kind of other jobs that I think about, like, should I be doing this? I think I'm going to think about this uh, flight attendant school, or I'm going to become an x-ray tech, or I should just should have just like not broken the chain and I should go get my hairdressing license or um, I should tattoo. I should do so many things. And then <laughs> Um, you know, and like it, because of feeling like I've, you know, the doubt, the self doubt or like that is where you're screaming into a void or something, but then you get a little bit of like, you know, you have an interaction or, um, a moment where you're like, okay, this is why I do what I do. And it might not even necessarily be someone directly giving praise. It could be just like, I see something happen out in the world, or I'm able to participate in a way that I wouldn't have been able to. Had I not been doing the work that I do now. Mm-hmm. So it feels really um again, important and impactful at this time that you know, if we're shifting into these kind of roles of holding bigger space or more intentional space that we do lead uh ourselves into that and get as much support as we can. and I think also being participating in some of these, retreats and things like i i will always like remain teachable and even though it's harder for me to get to group things i also like participating in them because you have who it's like who heals the healer who holds the space for them so i think sometimes these activities can be really great for other practitioners as well um for them to have a like a zero uh point setting reset you know which is, um, I think important for everybody because you can't run on fumes. So.
1: No. Yeah. And it, yeah, especially as a facilitator, you're holding space for people to be messy and to just be human. And if you don't have that for yourself, then uh, personally, I feel like it's a little out of integrity. Yeah. And it's like a a form of like a kind of a a micro self-harm of like not allowing yourself to also have space to be a mess. Cause I mean, as we know within shadow work, like that energy is going to go somewhere and it'll yeah. spill somewhere else. So if you don't have a container for it, it's mm-hmm. slightly irresponsible, not bringing shame into that, but just a yeah. awareness.
0: Well, and I think that, yeah, it also just like brings up the survival thing, you know, and the codependence of needing to be needed and stuff like that, which I definitely have, you know, fallen into a number of times in my life, you know, it's like, okay, if I'm not needed, then I'm disposable, you know? So you must always be pulled together, you know? Um, And again, those are survivalist tactics, but yeah, we have to be okay. And it's hard because we can't always find places where it's safe for us to feel messy. And I also just want to say like, we can't always, we can't, for me personally, I can't promise safety. I cannot promise safety. I am human, I am fallible, but I can promise compassion. I can promise um, understanding and I can can promise like a container for you to do the same, you know, for yourself. So I feel like that's important to stress um, and emphasize.
1: Absolutely. I, one of the most powerful teachings um, that I've learned through being a breathwork facilitator, because you see a lot of emotions and expressions that, you know, aren't really welcome in everyday life mm-hmm. and they don't always like ex- emotional expression doesn't always feel safe in the moment when you are experiencing it and when it's going, yeah. going through your body but to have someone there who is present and available for you that is what provides that level of safety and the biggest thing like I, I refrain from saying like you know in my prompting when I'm doing a like a group breath work or facilitating for someone. Um, I refrain from saying like, it's okay, you're safe, let go, blah, blah, blah. I say, I am here. You're not alone. Yeah. It's okay to let go.
0: That's okay been a theme is, is letting, the thing is like, you can't just be a body sitting there. That's not holding space, but like no. being present and saying like, I am, I'm here. You're not alone. I've got you. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, those are so impactful and so powerful. Um, Wow. Yeah. So it's especially during, during this time, you know, there's so much going on. There's so much that's happened in the last 24 hours even. And, you know, I'm like, I don't even know if I want to touch on it (laughs) aside from um, my general frustrations with how we treat artists Once, you know, while they're alive versus once they pass, you know, Mm -hmm. rest in paradise, uh, Sinead O'Connor, you know, and I'm, my mind is like blown by the amount of, um, the outpouring of grief and empathy, but also like where this world has failed, you know, um, people who are disruptors and um you know it just it it opened up some some things for me personally where i'm like wow i see like i've seen these moments you know and i've seen people push people away and and then they're gone you know and then suddenly everybody is praising them mm-hmm. you know could you have done that while they were here could you have offered to support them even if you couldn't see what was wrong with them and even if you could you know but that's a whole other thing for another time and I'm still processing and then not to mention the whole you know UFO congressional (laughs) hearing I I was online all day watching it watching the live and then watching all of the the hot takes and the recaps and it's a very exciting time it's a very exciting time
1: yeah. No, Aww. it is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you touched on a beautiful, um, kind of paradox that exists within our culture of like when someone passes and in a way that, you know, feels like it could have been prevented. A lot of people will say like, Oh, I wish I had known. I wish I could be there. I wish I could have, you know, wish I I, I could have whatever. Yeah. And then, but when someone is in a state of distress and it's actually apparent, which sometimes it very much is not, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people will isolate themselves from them. Like, I don't have space for that. I don't have, I can't like their mental health is like not my responsibility. I can't like, they need to get themselves through that. So there's an interesting, and I don't have the answer. I don't know what it is, but there is an interesting, an interesting paradox that exists where, like you said, it's like, when someone does go, um, yeah. there's that that grief of like, I wish I had been there. But when mm-hmm. they're still here, it's like, <laughs> showing the signs.
0: And that's the thing. Loneliness is an epidemic. Yeah. Um, and when you're constantly told your feelings are too big, too much, but you're the person that people dump on all the time or you're the container and you don't have like adequate community or support it can feel um like what is the point to care and then not actually providing it um mm. it's a it's a bit of a letdown so that's why my phrase uh this whole year it keeps saying I need to go where I am wanted not where I am needed um mm. I've been going where I've been needed for a long time out of codependency because it guaranteed me a place <laughs> because it was like a little too scary to think about if I was wanted. Yeah. But yes, that is my shit. And yes, I am working it out with my therapist and psychiatrist. So I don't know. Life is interesting. Love, 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 for real love the people that you care about. Even if you don't have space and you don't have time, let them know if possible. I've just seen too many people exit recently because they just felt that it didn't matter.
1: I just want to say with, the, with sensitivity to the topic that we were just addressing, anyone out there is feeling at all alone, like there are no other options, like there's just too much feeling happening inside and that the people around you aren't being supportive, please reach out, please reach out to one of us um, to any space holders any healers any to therapists, therapist to any resource that is available to you and um and just know that you're very much not alone in how you feel sometimes that can feel patronizing and I don't mean it that way but very much like as Marcella just addressed like we both know very well those feelings it's a very human part of being in this existence so really like just reach out for help if it's not around you in your community
0: please reach out and and I will try to leave some links for things too because I know that reaching out can feel also awful (laughs) so I just from my own perspective I've had people say well why didn't you reach out and it's like that's the last thing I want to do is you know there's a lot of um assumptions that i have that even the capacity to do that you know Mm, it's like sometimes you just feel so completely leveled and you know it's um it that isolation though i you know is is um there's no other words for it i wish it on no one yeah so again i will leave information in the show notes for resources and um different places you can connect if you are feeling isolated or lonely or um like you need some additional support thank you brianna i'm really grateful to be able to um connect with you know people like yourself and other creators and healers and facilitators that can help people transition uh through these strange times and find their centers and their their way towards um a path that feels fulfilling and hopeful. And I thank you for your time today. And um how can people find you?
1: Yeah. Um I feel like we could talk about this so, so much <laughs> for hours. Um but yeah I would love to continue this conversation um at another time. Um so we don't have your listeners on on hook for forever here uh people can find me on instagram i'm really active on there it's at beauty and breath and um also through my website beautyandbreath.com um i am going to be holding virtual groups here soon um i'm going to do them by bi-weekly with the new moon and the full moon and these will be opportunities to meet in community in circle and um to breathe together and share if one feels called.
0: Will this be Uh, online or in person?
1: Online, just for ease of access. And also, um, yeah, that's really it. Just for accessibility reasons. Um, I do do in-person groups here and there in Colorado and throughout the Pacific Northwest when I can. Um, And like, where else can they find me? I think that's about it.
0: And the information for the retreat that you're um, Yes, it is
1: on my website as well. Also linked in my Instagram bio and I'll make sure to send that to you.
0: Yeah. I'll put everything in the show notes too. If you all are listening and looking for those links, they will be included there as well as on uh, Brianna's website. And um, thanks again for being here. And I want to thank you all for listening. Please enjoy each other. Have a beautiful week and blessed be.